Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Benedetto De Martino, a postdoctoral scholar in neuroeconomics at Caltech. So I'm sitting here with... Benedetto De Martino. Wow, where are you from? I'm from Italy. Italy. Uh, yeah, but I've done the majority of my research in England and at the moment I'm here in Caltech. At Caltech. So um, you're interested in kind of uh, the relationship between brain mechanism and something called loss aversion. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your task for measuring loss aversion? So actually we developed a task to study this effect as very well known as called framing effect. Uh, that is... Um, is part of loss aversion problem, but is also more general. It's just simply the fact that if I'll tell you, would you uh, buy this food is 80% fat free, you may just like run and buy, in particular if you're on diet, but if I'm telling you, buy this food is 20% full fat, you may just avoid to buy it. Although is practically the same. Okay, so that's kind of looking at a half glass full or half yeah. glass empty, in a sense, and that's there's a whole general case of, of framing problems like that. Yeah. Now, what was your particular task? So my task, we're trying to understand, that since this effect seems to, so common in the population and seems so difficult for people to stop them to do, as a neuroscientist, we wanted to really understand if there is a common mechanism that may underpinning this, this phenomenon. So we did develop a task in which people received an amount of money and we were asking them, do you want to keep a certain part or gamble on the other hand, we were saying to them... Wait, wait, so let's do the first yeah. one. So I say, here's $100. Yeah. Do you want to keep 40 for sure, or do you want to gamble... To win all. To win, to win all with a certain probability. Yeah. Okay, so that was one task, and what was the, se- the, the second part of it? The second part was very, almost seems silly, because we were just saying in another part, just uh, you have 100, would you prefer to lose 60? or gamble again to win all or lose all with a certain probability. So the gamble was always the same. The amount of money you got this was the same. Uh, yes. the, the sure thing was the same, but sometimes you emphasize they have full glass, sometimes you emphasize they have empty glass, and people made different choices in those two cases? Yeah, yeah that is the amazing and surprising... Uh, Even at Caltech? That was not done in Caltech, <laughs> it was done in UCL, uh, but we haven't... Oh, so it's the British. Maybe it's, it's the, their fault. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, so, when did people were more likely to choose the gamble? Um, the, the, the people actually, that is, was already predicted by the beautiful work of like Kahneman and Tversky, and people would have gambled more when it was written as a loss, the sure option, because they want to just go away from that loss, although it's also gained that loss. Yeah. So when you emphasize the loss, people feel bad about it, the option looks less attractive, and they go for the gamble in your task. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, not all people behave the same, right? Different people were differently averse to losses? Yeah. That is the interesting aspect, uh, that we had uh, a plethora of different behavior. So we had people where everyone were showing a susceptibility to the framing. So there is no, have never met such a thing as like the perfect rational parts. But we had people were less affected to the framing and people were more affected to the framing. And, and then you looked at what was their brain activity and you tried to relate us to how affected they were. So what did you find? So we did find uh, very interestingly that when you were showing this uh, behavior to following the framing effect, um, you, in one area only of your brain was lighting up and that was amygdala. So this is an area that's very well known in neuroscience to process emotion. 
And what we think that... Em- wait, wait. So, so the, this mistake was correlated with emotional activity, basically? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. This mistake, I will call mistake with in bracket because... It well, it's a mistake from the economic uh, perspective. And you're saying it's driven by emotions. People who have more amygdala activation, more emotions, make more of these mistakes. No, that is not exactly right. Everyone was responding um, to the frame with uh, an activation in, uh, in amygdala. But when we try to correlate their level of consistency, now we didn't find the change in amygdala. It's a bit like amygdala is a sensor, respond to emotion for everyone. But we did find a, a slightly more evolved area in, in evolution that is orbitofrontal cortex, that is actually an area that modulates this emotional response. So we did find... People had more activity in this area, could modulate their emotional response better, and at the end of the task having less framing effect. So everybody has the same amygdala response, but there's uh, orbital frontal cortex activity that is where more or less in the, your head? It's just uh, on the top of your uh, eyebrows. Uh, and uh, and uh, we know from other lesion study that if you have a damage in this area, you become extremely impulsive. So this so this area basically control your emotional, the, the role of emotion on your behavior. Yeah. And you're saying that people had had more activity there, behaved more like what? If they have more activity, they would behave more like uh, Mrs. Spock, <laughs> like that character of a Vulcano. Although so, we didn't find any through Mr. Spock in our so, so nobody was spoke, but what you're saying is that the emotional uh, reaction is basically common to everybody, and the real question is, can people modulate it? Yeah. And the people who could suppress it by uh, frontal brain activ- activation actually behave a bit more like the uh, homo economicus, and the people yeah. who are not yeah. behave like less, less likely. Yeah. So, so with all this uh, frontal activation, do you in your personal life want to have more of it or less of it? I, I guess I have uh, quite a lot of it to, to be an Italian, probably. In compared with my English friend, uh, I seem to have a very little orbitofrontal activation. But I guess. Uh, but to have to have a good life, do you want more of it or less of it? Do you want to I be able to modulate I, your emotion more or less? Uh, I guess probably you want a good amount. You don't want to be a robot. Uh, but um, you also like to be able to, in some social situation, to avoid to respond totally driven by your emotion. Otherwise, you will lose your job or just lose some friend. Is, could it be that when we drink alcohol, that's the reason we're doing it? To have less of these um, controlling activation from the frontal cortex to the emotional system? That is generally true. And that is in general applies for all frontal cortex. Uh, there are like some... Uh, um, and also the, the same things apply to teenager because actually the, the strength of connection they finish to develop after 24 years. So actually the myelinization of the neuron from frontal cortex and, and that, that may be one of the reasons why teenagers are quite reckless and the reason why insurance companies they don't want to uh, <coughs> insure them. And we also now understand the uh, Italian driving and uh, the Italian behavior more generally. Thank you very much. Yeah. You should try the Los Angeles <laughs> the freeway. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, professor of behavioral economics at Duke University. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.